This is Ed McMahon, and now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C. Hey, there you are. Is it Thursday already? Dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. And today we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Co-general managers this morning, Jack. First of all, the crack of the bat, the roar of the crowd. Major League Baseball returning to the fruited plain. Good morning and welcome back, Major League Baseball. Whatever. Well, that was nice. They ruined opening day. Opening day was one of the great days in America where every... The top 30 cities in America... And all of their fans all had, you know, hope for the year. And then baseball decided to have, oh, we'll have a couple of games and call that opening day. It sucks. I hear people angry about that all the time. No, you were angry about that. Nobody else is angry about that. It's a bad that. decision. <laughs> Second general manager today, the great Donald Imus. Radio legend. I just heard the last moments of his last show. He died? Yes, he is dead. That as as happens in our industry, it's right there in the contract. As soon as you utter your last word on the air, they shoot you. No, he just it's his last show, and he was saying goodbye and all tearful and talking about uh, raising zillions of dollars for great charities and stuff like that. Blah blah. It was very nice. <clears throat> He'd also mentioned. Um, Did he call any young black women uh, anything awful? No, perhaps you know him from that unfortunate scandal, which yeah. he immediately apologized for and has been laid to rest. Except Jack bringing it up <laughs> now. Much like the Major League Baseball thing, hard to explain. The rantings of an insane man. But anyway, moving along, it was a quite touching and beautiful. And, and many, many people who he'd uh, interviewed and known through the years, audience members, favorite callers, uh, called in this week and, and gave love and reminisced, blah, blah, blah. And he mentioned yesterday, nobody from the radio station where he's based so much as called and said, hey, it's been great. Nobody. <laughs> Yeah, that's the way it's going to end for anybody in any job. Pretty much. Wherever you are. Yeah. You you might have been the big deal years ago, and when you retire, they've been waiting for you to leave for quite a while. And they're happy you're going, and uh, so gather your things. Somebody wants your desk. Well, and one of the... That's just the way life is. And one of the realities of, uh, of this business is a lot of the people who kind of do all the other stuff don't have the slightest idea... What what the people on air do, you know, in the relationship with the audience, just don't have any idea. But uh, I think that's the way well, it goes. Like that, I, 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 think I got over that twenty years ago. By I, the way, I think it's that way for most industries, though. I think by the time you get at the end of your long, glorious career, there's there's young people that want to take your spot. Yeah, and 
never worried about making the budget tomorrow. Right, exactly. Just, just the way life is. Out with the old, in with the new. Um, let's introduce everybody in the squad. We'll start over there with our board operator, Michelangelo. Pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? Good. Uh, you know, this reminds me of a story, this true story. Years ago, I worked with a guy who did overnights. And uh, he found out, the boss found out that he was still working there. And it was like, you were supposed to be gone three months ago. <laughs> he just kept showing up. He just up. kept showing up and getting a check, and nobody noticed for like three months. Wow. wow. Yeah. I'll have to remember that. Maybe I can pull that off at the end of my career, which could be this week. The getting the check part is kind of key to the story. I'm not sure how no, that happened. It was but... like uh, the movie Office Space where the guy just kept showing up. You <laughs> wow. Know? Beautiful. Oh, there's positive. Never Sean. say die. That's what I say, huh? Whose smile lights up the room? How are you, Sean? Doing very well. I was delighted to uh, watch a, a documentary last night. The Zen Diaries of Gary Shandling. Now, this is a a movie put on by Judd Apatow, who was a longtime friend of Gary Shandling. Comedian uh, Gary Shandling died a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, and this is, uh, uh, it's absolutely beautiful. I loved it. It's two parts, each one about two hours long. Um, and it did, I give it my highest praise, which is that it inspires me to be more creative. Wow. And it is a, a beautiful look. Uh, Gary Shandling, very much like many comedians, kind of a tortured individual, constantly, uh, very self reflective, almost to a damaging point where he's just always inside his head, just bouncing around. And the, they use his journals and his diaries that he kept for almost his entire life as kind of the backdrop to tie all these different things together. Lots of great interviews with many of the, the, the talented people that he's worked with over the years. Um, I give it my highest recommendation. The Zen Diaries of Gary Shandling on HBO. It's it's fantastic. Writer, creator, star of the Larry Sanders show. One of the best things ever put on television. No it, doubt about it, it. It really was the agent zero of peak TV of the the whole the office thing. Like that was this that the Larry Sanders show was the office before the office. So good. Uh, there's Marshall Phillips who does our news every day. How are you, Marshall? I got it. Got to tell you guys, I am getting the itch again. I just found out I am in still in March Madness contention because really? the way everybody you, you made a comeback. Everybody's brackets blew up, and the sure. way they blew up have left me and my team with a very good chance to take it all. That doesn't surprise me. So many people's teams went out early yeah. that you, uh, you know. Somebody's got to win. And not You're only, the tallest dwarf, as yeah. it were. <laughs> and Smartest not, horse. Not only <laughs> that, Mega Millions is up to more than a half a billion dollars for tomorrow's drawing. Five hundred and two million. So once again, I am putting together my gifting list. Should I win, all will be judged here based on their treatment of me over the years. It's a really nice jacket, Marshall. Thank you very much. At the Thank risk of receiving no money, playing the lottery is stupid. <laughs> Okay, that makes that one simple. You, uh, well, you so have I, a job, Marshall. Someone else. The lotto is for the jobless it. and hopeless and prospectless to, to to get through another stinking week of misery. You have employment. Well, that's very Hold true. your head on. Yeah, so but you don't have $500 million. Yeah, and very right. few people do. Yeah, exactly. The lottery <laughs> might be able to help with that, and I encourage you, Marshall. Yes, give a boost. Boy, that is a chunk of change right there. Yeah, no kidding. Half a billion dollars. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is, uh, how did it already get to be Thursday? Oh, that is my calendar. March the 29th, the year 2018. We're setting you straight in 21-8. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. All right, let's throw out the first pitch according to FCC rules and regs. Here we go at Mark. That was it, and it was a very small punctuation. It was like a dot. It was bleeding, but it was like a dot. So I don't know if he just got me with the tip of the knife or if he got me with a syringe. Corey Feldman, child star, friend of Michael Jackson. Um... Claiming he continuing to claim he was stabbed, even though doctors and police are saying nobody stabbed you, dude. Yeah. 
This is, uh, you know, in the wake of the mysterious somebody almost hit me with a car. Yeah, this is either uh, publicity a couple months ago. It's either publicity seeking or, or more likely, I think the poor guy is just uh, a little off his rocker. Yeah, I, I think he's Which pretty damn crazy. Abused as a child, not right. his fault. Well, yeah, but, predators uh, look for unstable youngsters. Poor guy predate, not- and then they become less stable. Poor guy not only thinks people are out to stab him, but that they did stab him. Right. And, uh, With just the tip of the knife. Thank God. Uh, what are other headlines, Marshall? Well, a funeral for an unarmed black man killed by Sacramento, California police set for today. Attempts by all sides right now to tamp down tensions. The VA secretary ousted another firing via Twitter, and it is time for another coffee cure-all or curse study. Coming up, 635 Armstrong and Getty. So do we have the police chief from Sacramento coming up later? Is that what we have? Yeah, I think we're we're still nailing down the time during the 8 o'clock hour. Yeah. But you're saying everybody's trying to tamp down. uh, Yes. Okay. Well, your headline is the the city of Sacramento has announced fans will be attending the Kings game tonight. They will get in. Mm. Period. And they're talking about gearing up in the riot gear if it's necessary. Which they haven't gotten in the last couple of games, right? Correct. Well, they've had a handful of fans squeeze in super early before the protesters showed up, but that's it. Uh, how's mailbag look? Oh, it's fine. It's actually a shooting-related heavily. Yeah. Now, is Al Sharpton coming to Sacramento today? Yep. Is that still on? Yep. Well, if you want to cool things down, bring in Al Sharpton. Yeah. No we, better way to tamp exactly. down. Uh, whether we have more to go. To build a movement of resistance. Right. But resist. Right. We must. Right. We must. Yes. And we will much mm. about that be committed. So calm and logic are coming to the capital city of California. Perhaps in honor of Al Sharpton coming to the West Coast, we should play one of those famous montages of him getting various words and celebrities wrong oh, later. Wouldn't that be enjoyable? <laughs> That's fun stuff. All on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. This story's only getting intention in conservative media. The Justice Department has opened a probe into the whole dossier thing. It's the dossier probe. It's the the FISA court abuse, huh? The, Finally, the what was going on with the dossier? Is this what they used to get uh, a warrant to spy on a U.S. citizen? All that stuff is now going to be investigated by the Justice Department, completely separated of the Mueller thing. Right. So right. this this could be huge. Yeah, yeah. And those who are obsessed, moment by moment, day after day, obsessed with the investigation into Trump, you know, alleging, yeah. Malfeasance of some sort or another are just completely ignoring the investigation into this, spying on Americans, which you'd think you could set aside your partisanship and just say, wow, if you know our intelligence services are violating all we hold dear, we ought to know that. But no, no. Lefty media doesn't care. It's all partisan. There is no patriotism left. The eagle of freedom has died. Oh, our eagle? It's laying at the bottom of the tree. There are probably various bugs recycling it, as is God's plan. Mm. The circle of life, ashes to ashes, etc. But the eagle of freedom is, is croaked. Mailbag. It's disappointing. It will be missed. Nah, it's always existed, really. Honestly. 
G-Dub himself, George Washington, his farewell address said, listen, if you all separate into political parties and just start identifying like that, you're going to ruin this country. Don't do it. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm off to Mount Vernon. So, uh, oh, that's right. Before we get to the many, many opinions about the shooting in Sacramento and police shootings in general and that sort of thing, uh, we've had a a slight change. Ben the Libertarian has uh, decided he was inspired by my throwing around of Latin the other day and announced that he was going to uh, start, instead of uh, sending freedom-loving quotes of the day, sending Latin phrases of the day. Okay. I wrote back to him and I suggested... Why don't you just recycle the freedom-loving quotes of the day? Because they were really good. But um, uh, but he has sent us a Latin phrase, which has disappeared because our email system is completely screwed up, and I'm really, really unhappy with it. Uh, yeah, yeah. We may have to go back to the old one. Moving along. <laughs> here's, the, right. here's the problem. What's a Latin phrase for my computer doesn't work? Here's the problem. I take stuff from the inbox, mm. and I put it into the folder, Today Mailbag, okay. working on my phone. Sounds like a good plan so far. Yeah, it works great when it works at all. And then I come in in the morning, and not only is it not in Today Mailbag, it's not in the inbox anymore either. It's just gone. <laughs> and all the sad, muted trumpets in the world can't... And the rich can't get soothe richer. my anger. That's right. <laughs> Dan, if you do... Damned if you don't. All right, let's just hit some of these. You guys mentioned yesterday there's never been a black kid school shooting, or at least that you remember. Right. I'd have to say that considering predominantly black schools in majority black neighborhoods all have armed guards and metal detectors, it probably wouldn't happen. Mm. It is a much harder target. They are a much harder target in general. I don't know about all of them, but... um, Guys, I live in a pretty nice neighborhood... Near a park in the eastern part of Sacramento, we've had a spate of car break-ins and thefts, yet when we call the police, it's rare for them to even show up to take a report. But in South Sac, rough part of town, a report of some kid breaking car windows gets the full response of the new Centurions, along with air support, too. Guns drawn, they dust the young man as soon as they see him. Damn, I can see why people are pissed off. Okay, that's, Ken. Uh, okay. that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. What's the extraneous circumstance uh, that, that, that that caused that to happen? Because I've had my car broken into before, and nobody shows up. It's laughable, the idea of anybody showing up. So. Well, the call was, there is somebody breaking windows right now. And so it's in progress. Right, not, okay. hey, I came out to my car this morning and blah, blah, blah. So it's a little different. And again, reading emails does not imply any sort of endorsement of them. I'm just giving you a little mm-hmm. sampling of what we've gotten. Uh, okay, guys, I'm all for the police, uh, but here's my issue. It's the attitude of police currently or training. Deadly force needs to be the last resort. They're chasing a car thief, not a murderer. Uh, granted, it was dark. They thought it was a gun, but again, training. I would point out to this person that uh, cops are shot to death all the time on traffic stops because they don't realize the person they pulled over is a uh, an escaped felon in possession of a gun. So that's just not that useful a piece of information. Uh, shouldn't a police be above the average person's response? Whoops, my dinger is on, apparently. How many police showed up to uh, guys breaking into cars? That is surprising to me that you get a big response out well, of that. There's I mean, a, there's a lot of cities on the West Coast where people get their cars broken into a thousand times a day. People get their cars broken into. Yeah, the helicopter was trying to find them, too, and got them on the infrared. I don't know if it was just in the neighborhood or what, but... 
Um, I, although, you know, this, this that we have is the police chief on. Maybe we'll ask him. Yeah, that is it's an interesting question, but it almost sounds like you and the people are making an argument for, you know, the cops shouldn't investigate broken windows in cars and homes. If there's some lunatic rambling around breaking windows um, and I know that's not what you mean, but are you are you suspicious a little about the theory the other person expressed that they just respond in poor neighborhoods? That would suggest better police response in poor neighborhoods. Right, which I don't think anybody has ever claimed. Unless, like that person you seem to be suggesting, they have better responses in poor neighborhoods just so they can shoot the offender. Or, well, I don't know about that, you know, I doubt that, but um, was there was there something else Besides breaking into cars that uh, brought a response that includes helicopters cars and, and wind and, and uh, at least one house window. I think the original call said, I can't remember, but he did break a window on a house, too, while the helicopter was up ahead. So up above. rather. So this this guy was obviously wasted or mentally ill or something because he was just rambling around breaking windows with some sort of bar, which is odd behavior. Uh, I heard one woman say last night, we're killing each other and you're killing us. The whole thing is sad. Right, Steve. That is pretty well put. Something that has not been mentioned in the news. One of the police officers who is black has been receiving death threats. The man was doing his job. Now he'll be forced to leave his home and his family. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the whole death threats thing. Everybody gets death threats all the time on the Internet. It's trolls and idiots. Um, but you'd think that would be reported. Has that been nailed down that there was a black officer involved? Because I know yesterday. Yeah, uh, it's absolutely true. Okay. Yeah. Because yesterday, as we left the air, it wasn't nailed down yet. Um. Uh, well, it it was. It did. It became nailed down. Oh, I believe you. Yeah. I'm just asking. Um. Uh, this is another well, subject. No, we, I we, cannot when you, get angry you had about. to leave early, and we we're in the nine o'clock hour, and we were talking about it. So I believe you. Yeah. Uh, this is another one of the subjects I cannot get angry about. I have no, uh, I have no idea what happened. I'm just asking a, a questions. Man in, oh, I'm not angry in the least. I just didn't know how to respond because we did, it was clear before we went off the air. So, uh, Dave in beautiful Washington State. Here's a scenario: you're out prowling cars, busting windows, and likes, and the like. Cops track you back to your grandmother's backyard and have you surrounded. Here's the question I've long uh, have to ask and answered: How does your hand come out of your pocket holding anything but air? Unless you just want to see what would happen. Which makes him something of a martyr. And what was it? A cell phone. Was he going to post a pic of the cops surrounding him with guns drawn on Snapchat? Was he going to call his girlfriend and say, hey, babe, you won't believe the S I'm looking at in my Nana's backyard? Okay, gotta go. Was it suicide by cop? I'm not trying to deflect blame from the cops onto the victim, and I'm really sorry Mr. Clark died. But in a situation like this, how does, oh man, that's a lot of cops. How do I not die here, not run through your mind? Unless you're willing to take one for the team to keep the pot stirred. I seriously doubt that was the idea. The initial decisions, yeah, when you're running away and stuff like that, you're you're making bad decisions. But, man, once I'm surrounded by people with guns pointed at me, I don't know what kind of thing. I might forget I've got a gun of my, of my phone in my hand. That's entirely possible. I mean, you'd be so freaked out. You know, I'd be willing to bet more than a dollar that the answer to that question is uh, wasted or mentally ill. Yeah. I don't know, man. A, pe- a bunch of people would point guns at me. I'm mean, I go, ah! I'd have all kinds of reactions. Right. Um, if your cell phone's already in your hand, for right, instance. Right. So we're going to talk to the police chief, uh, hopefully at some point, and uh, follow this throughout the day. There's a great update from Marshall Phillips coming up next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. So, Don. 
Donald Trump, president of the United States, has uh, t- blasted Amazon today in a tweet. We should talk about that because there's several aspects to his tweet that are interesting. Jack, impressed by the way historian Neil Ferguson pronounces Amazon, has decided to appropriate his accent. Back right. to you. I, from now on, will say Amazon. Will you say controversy? I, I try, but I can't. Aluminium. I, I can't do that either. Sometimes mm. I do that when I'm doing a superhero. Spider-Man, Batman. <coughs> exactly. I'll do that. Amazon. Uh, so Trump blasted Amazon, and, uh, you know, if you're a free market capitalist guy, you got to question some of these uh, things he's complaining about, so we'll, we'll get to that coming up. Right now, the news with Marshall Phillips. Well, ahead of today's funeral for his brother, Stefan, who was shot by police earlier this month, Stevante Clark is apologizing to Sacramento's mayor for his angry outburst at this week's city council meeting. Stevante! Yeah, thank you. Shut the f*** up, please. Tell him we don't hear fuck. He's not the mayor no more. Now, Stevante is telling ABC... I want to apologize to the mayor. That's why I came here to apologize to the mayor, because I didn't want his family seeing that, and I never want to talk to him like that. I respect him for winning that office. He deserves that office. He wow. worked his behind off of that. Don't nobody deserve to come in here and disrespect his house. I disrespected his house. I disrespected his house. I owe that man an apology. Wow, well, that's a man right there. Yeah, is there any chance a lawyer got in his ear and made it clear to him that uh, it could be construed as a threat on an elected official that would put you in federal prison for maybe 20 years? Well, he's smart enough to take the advice, apparently. From kind of the extended clip of that interview, I get the sense that it was more of his mom bending his ear, Ah. saying, hey, hey, listen, you have an opportunity. Come on now. Which is good mom advice. That is really, really good mom slash dad advice. I don't know if there's a dad in the picture at all. But yeah, now's the time to, to, you know, you're right. I'm not going to lecture the kid. His mom did a great job. But look at the heroes of civil rights. The heroes. Act like them. Don't act like an ass. You do have the opportunity with all this attention to become something. I mean, you could become something for the next 30 years. You play it right. I mean, with this amount of attention. And do perhaps a great deal of good. Sure. Mayor Steinberg, for his part, is already saying he understood Stevante's pain. It was not a pleasant moment, but I choose, I don't know whether it's to turn the other cheek or whatever the proper term is, but it, he lost his brother. Now, the mayor's also saying it would be a bad idea to have arrested Stevante then. To have arrested Stevante and have him be dragged out would have potentially led to a riot. And Clearly. it's my job to try to keep the peace here. Sacramento. Well, that was a tough call. He ended up making the right yeah. decision, yeah. obviously. But I mean, when 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 people come in that hot and agitated, you don't you don't know what's about to occur. Well, as we were talking about yesterday, they're going to give ground, give ground, give ground, and wait for everything to calm down. Because if they were to defend the ground, things would get crazy ugly. On the other hand, you know, the, the cooler heads don't always prevail. Right. And and the cops in the city have said no. The the, the folks are going to go to the Kings game tonight. They're getting in. So we'll see what happens. Yep. Sacramento's been on edge ever since the shooting of the unarmed 22-year-old. Clark's funeral is this morning at 11. The Reverend Al Sharpton plans to give the eulogy for Stefan Clark at today's funeral. Al Sharpton does not usually equal lowering tensions. Is he going to say to people, hey, you got to let fans go into the NBA game tonight. They have the right to go in there. They're paying customers, etc. Is he going to say that? Or is he going to be on the side of uh, uh, making a disruption? Family can do whatever they want. It's their loved one, et cetera, et cetera. But the idea of having Al Sharpton come and give the eulogy for somebody I knew and loved is strikes me as bizarre. Uh, 
It's not me, not mine. President Trump firing the Veterans Affairs Secretary David Shulkin and nominating the White House doctor to replace him. Ronnie Jackson, a Navy Rear Admiral, who's a surprise choice to secede uh, Shulkin. Shulkin was dogged by an ethics scandal and a mounting rebellion, they say, within the agency. He'd come under fire after his wife accompanied him on a trip to Europe at taxpayers' expense last year. Shulkin paid the money back. Trump tweeting out, I am grateful for Dr. David Shulkin's service to our country and to our great veterans, great veterans all in caps. Shulkin himself, though, not going quietly, telling the New York Times a toxic, chaotic, and subversive work environment in D.C. made it difficult for him to do his job. I'd like to hear more of that. We need to hear that. I just don't want to hear the Beltway gossip about the guy. And look, the whole vacation wife thing, that ought to be investigated, and that's right and proper, but... Yeah, I want to hear more about how it's impossible to do what you're tasked with doing because of the nature right. of the great bureaucratic beast. Right. I heard the the, the yahoos at NPR this morning talking about this and replacing the guy and that he didn't move fast enough toward privatizing the, the VA medical care and this privatization. Highly uh, troubling. Ask most vets and they're pleased with the care they get at the VA. They, they said on the NPR, completely ignoring, not even mentioning the wait time scandal, right? the people dying while they waited. Actually, they mentioned it in the lead up that the guy was trying to reform it, but then they acted as if privatization was a completely separate issue and some sort of bizarre Republican plot to deny the sweet, sweet teat of government services to the mouths of veterans. I mean, it was just bizarre. No, hey, NPR, I don't know if you can hear me. If the vets can't get an appointment at the VA, they take a voucher to the doctor down the street and they get care immediately. Explain the insidious part to me, please. President Trump called Roseanne Barr last night to congratulate her on her big ratings for the first episode of the return of her sitcom Roseanne the night before. They said, uh, hold please for the President of the United States of America. And, uh, you know, that's about the most exciting thing uh, ever. That would be pretty exciting. You get a phone call that says that. Holy crap. Hold hold how long? I'm kind of busy. (laughs) Barr herself, a vocal supporter of Trump, and there was a lot of media attention ahead of the show's revival, dealing with the fact her TV character would also be a Trump supporter. It was, you know, just very, very sweet of him to congratulate us. 18 million viewers, highest rated comedy telecast on any network in nearly four years. Really? Yep. It had more viewers than the series finale when it originally went off yep. the air. That's amazing. Yep. That's interesting. Coming back strong and that's your that news. show is old, too. It, it took over number one from Cosby in 87 or 88, yep. something like that. That's a long time ago. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, The Conscience of the Nation. Yeah, a second season is almost a, almost a, an assured yeah. thing at this point. And not only that, I fully expect with the reactionary way that Hollywood and the the TV industry work, there's going to be a lot more quote unquote blue collar shows right. being uh, being greenlit in right. the next couple months. Huh? Interesting. Now you're probably right. I mean, obviously. Uh, but uh, to you jabbering on about TV, I'd like to know how you revived Squawky, the Eagle of Freedom, since he was dead only 15 minutes ago. He's better. Well, clearly. He's better now. He wasn't dead. He just fainted. Oh, oh, from discouragement. Yes. yes. Poor, poor eagle of freedom. Uh, We should unpack Trump's tweet about Amazon, I suppose. What did he 
<laughs> order second day shipping and it got there in three days or what? Yeah, it's very mad. Yeah. Really? Very mad about that. I'll be damned. Um, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Hmm. These are great. These are really interesting times we live in. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. This morning, a uh, big story. Facebook announced major changes to its privacy settings. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, apparently they're going to start having some. That's the new idea. Yeah. Uh, Ian, Kick him all it down. Kick him. Ian Brenner, Bremer tweeted last week. We follow him, or I follow him because he's an interesting dude. I mean, he was talking about uh, Zuckerberg's testimony in front of Congress people, and he had a quote from Zuckerberg where Zuckerberg said, the security of your information is of our highest priority. And Ian Bremer said, Zuckerberg actually said that. He really did. <laughs> As that's, in, that's how, hilarious. how laughable is that? That is absolutely. See, I didn't realize he was so funny, Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> it's like a stand-up act. Oh, I've been working on my quote yesterday that I've been getting ready for the media. I used to say I wanted Mark Zuckerberg. Mm, I haven't worked on it enough, apparently. Mm. I used Softest to say I wanted to see Mark Zuckerberg in a collar. Now I want to see him in manacles, shackles, handcuffs, <laughs> prison. A prison's better, isn't it? Yeah, that's pretty good. Lock him up. Lock him Lock up. Lock him up. Lock him up for something. So a couple of things here. Donald Trump has tweeted. He tweeted an hour ago about Amazon. He's already got 15.2 thousand replies in an hour. 15,000 replies in an hour. Mm. He could he could spend all his time going through his Twitter feed if he wanted to. <laughs> it's been retweeted almost 11,000 times. Anyway, he said, I've stated my concerns with Amazon long before the election. Unlike others, they pay little or no taxes to state and local governments, use our postal system as their delivery boy, causing tremendous loss to the U.S. I don't understand that one. You'll have to explain it to me. And are putting many thousands of retailers out of business. That's true, but I don't see what you're going to do about it. It's the new world. Well, I see what he's driving at, though. The fact that uh, a lot of Internet uh, commerce has been tax exempt and the rest of it. I Somebody told me the other day, I mean... But he's mad at Amazon for that? I mean, the, 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 the legislature's got to figure out how we're going to deal with taxes for Internet commerce. And, right. What, is Amazon supposed to offer up taxes? Well, I don't, I don't know that he's mad at it. I think he's trying to make the point that they ought to be paying taxes mm. in, its, in his Trumpian fashion. Gotcha. But what's the whole using the postal system as, our del- as their delivery boy? Their I don't recall being, being assigned to the postal desk. I have no idea. But isn't now, that I good? do know they offer discounts to certain big shippers. Somebody mentioned that to me the other day, and I was surprised by it. I know nothing about it, though. To, to, to get their business, I would suppose. But i, yeah. I got to believe. I wonder if, if our stupid, stupid government's operating at a loss, the Postal Service at a loss for what they do for Amazon. Well, I, don't I don't know. know. But I, I would think, in general, Amazon had to be good for the postal system. Had to be great for them. If it was a for-profit business, I would assume they would be. 
But I don't know. Okay. So I didn't understand much of that. Well, even a for-profit business might operate at a loss for a while just to get the account good and solid, get the relationship solid. Then, much as Amazon itself, once you start it, it's hard to stop uh, <clears throat> pronouncing it Amazon. You know, run a loss for a while, then start making enormous profits down the road. I don't know, though. Mm. No clue. But the whole, we need to, uh, you know, water and nurture this little internet thing so it can get started. I mean, that era is clearly over. <laughs> for Amazon? Yeah, I would well, say. Yeah, yeah. And for, you know, a hundred other examples that are super juggernauts of commerce. But do nothing to pave our roads, Jack. Mm. And build our schools. Um, one other thing for... And er- uh, erect lovely planters in the medians of our through streets. I do love a nice uh, plantscape there mm. between the lanes of traffic. It's very pleasing. Um, I'll save this for later. It's Trump-related. No, nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. Um, they found the earliest known human footprints in North America on an island in Canada. 13,000 years old. There's, mm. there's somebody's barefoot walking around 13,000 years ago. That's just mind-blowing to think about. Right. And they didn't cross the border. The border crossed them. Somebody, one of the 6,000 generations of people who've lived on land controlled by 80 different governments. Uh, I don't think anybody controlled it at that point. He did. Um, to hell off my island, he'd say. Anybody who wandered by. It's just mind blowing to me. 13,000 years ago, that guy, that footprint, he was probably headed toward some food, food. Yeah. <laughs> to, to get for his family because he wanted his children to survive. And right. that's what he was worried about all freaking day long, just like huh. you're worried about your job or whatever with your kids. Or maybe he was, uh, you know, a single fella paddled over on his canoe and was thinking, I wonder if there's any chicks on this island. <laughs> so, so time-wise, that puts the means that people were walking around in that area at the approximately the end of the last ice age. Mm. Mm. Chili. He's looking Chili for a fire. Kicking around in bare feet, apparently. Another science story. Did you see that tiny little mummy that they found? Mm-mm. Tiny little. How um, tiny? Like uh, the size of a coffee cup. Really? Like yeah. a human a mummy? Yeah. Oh, it had to be a fetus, huh? No. What? No. And so they're trying to figure out what sort of um, uh, genetic mutation that has disappeared from humans existed at that time. Some level of dwarfism that we don't have anything like today. Wow. But it's a fully formed human that was like six, eight inches long. No. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah, right there. Show, show Joe I that just, picture. I just don't even believe it. Yeah, it's really interesting. And, they, and, they're, and, they, and the curiosity is, why did that genetic mutation exist then and go away? How, what website is that? I think I read about it in I, the New York Times. Well, so it is fake news. Fake news! <laughs> wow, I just, I, I yeah, stand... Yeah, originally from the New York Times. This I is need an aggregator. to be convinced that that's true, because it's just so incredible. It's extraordinary. That's why it was in the New York Times. It is extraordinary, mm. and, and they wonder, you know, why that went away. So How they're long claiming it... there were eight-inch-tall humans running around at one point. I don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, <laughs> I've made my position clear. <laughs> It is uh, it is interesting when you think about it. there's no particular reason we have to be this roughly the size we are. We could be twice as big or half as big. It just, you know, and everything would be built um uh in relation to that buildings would be small if we were half as big buildings cars everything would just be smaller. Boy, there's no arguing with that. And if we were twice as big, I mean just Would you just, rather have 100 of those folks or one horse-sized <laughs> duck? <laughs> But so for a period of time, there's there's at least one, and 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 you know the odds of there being one is pretty unlikely. Um, Boy, in the computer age, 
it would be really great to have like an army of the, those little fellows working for you. Because you wouldn't have to feed them much. You wouldn't need a lot of office space. You'd have to design a tiny little keyboard and the rest of them for them to do their thing. I'm trying to think this through. Is food proportional to the height of humans in the way? Cause sure. That, an apple seems like it's the right size. And if we were if we were all 15 feet tall, I'd be like, what am I supposed to do with this little thing? I think we'd look and at if, an apple like we look at a side of beef. And if we were eight inches tall, we'd be in fear of being crushed by apples. Sure. So right. it seems like it's just the right size. Yeah, isn't that funny? Well, it's because, well, it is for us. I suppose we'd be looking at other things. The uh, You know, the giants would be walking around with watermelons in the palm of their hand, gnawing on them. And mm. Teeny little feller up there on the screen, he'd, you know, he'd probably uh, you know, have to go to a, a grape butcher to enjoy some grape. Because <laughs> it'd be as big as his, his skull. Would there be? Imagine a grape as big as your skull. Would there be an advantage if they can unlock that genetic key to bring it back and we all decide human beings should be eight inches tall and we just do have a lot more space on the planet? Until China decides, nah, we're good with seven feet and then they conquer everybody. What kind of thinking is that? Step on us all. Uh, speaking of the science desk, we need to get to these stories. A lot of scientists believe there's a new organ to talk about in the human body. A new organ? Organ. 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 No, there's only one Oregon. It's right under Washington. Also, officials say man has the worst ever case of super gonorrhea. Cannot be cured. And this is a problem everybody's been worried about for a while. It didn't have to be gonorrhea, but, you know, just any disease that uh, is resistant to modern medicine. Oh, yeah. We don't have anything that can kill it. Oof, that's uh, frightening. That and other stuff coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show.